Support for today's show comes from CareerFitter. CareerFitter is a site where they give you a 60-question test. It takes about 10 minutes. And out of that, they're going to give you recommendations basically for your ideal business environment, a team-building approach, career matches, work strengths, income potential based upon job matching, preferred communications uh, methods, weaknesses that you may have, a whole host of things. They'll give you a free report. They have a premium report as well. Quality service recommended by Forbes, Psychology Today, and quite a few others. So use the link in the show notes. It will help you start to figure out some of the things you might consider with a new career. And if you hire me to coach you, I'll give you a little bit of a discount and reimburse you for some of the cost of the premium uh, report because it'll help us both with coaching. And now let's get going. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2101. I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Today's show is an interview that I did a few weeks ago about separating from the military and how to find a job once you come out of the service. The things that you'd ought to do in advance, the things you need to do during the process. A nice interview I did with Bryce England, who has nothing to sell to you. He's just someone who went through this, wanted to share his experience, and hopefully it helps some of your family or perhaps you with finding a role when you come out. Hope you find this show helpful and hope you give it an honest review wherever you listen to it. Share it, please. There are folks in the military who need to hear this information. And we'll be back in a moment. Today's show is brought to you by FlexJobs. At FlexJobs, you can find flexible work, work at home, real jobs available in a host of different fields that you can apply for. Now, to get access to the application, you have to create an account. But it has jobs in HR, recruiting, graphic design, bilingual positions, sales, there's lots of different categories of positions that are available. So use the link in the show notes, go to Flex Jobs, and see what they have for you for flexible work. And with that, we'll be back in just one moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my guest today is Bryce England, not England, England, E-N-G-L-I-N, who served in the military as a member of the Air Force from 1996 to 2016. During his career, he spent 14 of his 20 years overseas and was stationed in Turkey, Iceland, twice in Japan, Egypt, Djibouti, and also deployed (laughs) to Kuwait and Afghanistan. As he says, being in the military was fun, and the 20-year adventure was well worth it. But what do you do when you see the writing on the wall that your time is over? Bryce, welcome. I appreciate you making time today. 
Jeff, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to uh, come on your show for a few minutes today and talk about, you know, give these guys the no BS and big game experience on how you find a job when transitioning from the military. Hey, watch those terms. Those are mine. (laughs) I'm not taking your terms from you. I just want to highlight that this is the place people come when they want to get that real unfiltered experience. 20 years in, why'd you decide to leave these, the service? Uh, it was time to retire. So a lot of folks, I, I thought I would be able to go to 24, 30, you, you know, make that E, E7, E89. I was an E7, but it, when you hit a certain peak and you hit about 20 years, you, you find that you're mentally tired. The traveling is well worth it. It is a lot of fun, but it just kind of was one of those things where it became, okay, yeah, it, it's time to go. And a lot of a lot of making those two top enlisted grades, much, much the same for most officers. If you're somebody who makes colonel uh, or you go to the 04, 05, and, you know, colonel being the 06 level, it generally, for some, they don't want to go higher because at that point sometimes it becomes a political game and a lot of it is really who you know and that's not a knock because there are some great generals that I've come across in the military but a lot of times it really is who you know and that is even goes even deeper when you start talking about getting ready to depart from the military interesting so there you were you made the decision how much time did you give yourself to figure out Okay, I'm going to leave. When do I start looking for something else? You know, they tell you start looking a year out. I I probably started looking the day I I signed retire. You know, I I put the little signature blocks on the retirement paperwork and realized that it was too soon. What I should have done, and and I had a few things I'd been doing before, but what I would say to anybody start that search 24 to 36 months out. If you know you're going to be coming in to do a four-year stint or you're going to go to, you know, you're going to go to five, six, eight years, 10 years. I would say by year one, if you know you're, the military is not for you, but you're going to go in and do that stint, you know what? Start getting to know people, build relationships, build rapport. Even if you're going to get out and go to school, that the relationships, the networking part is what's going to help you out. But really, when you're there, you need to figure out what you specifically want to do. After you know, specifically do what what you want to do. You want to start thinking about your your second career, whether you're you know doing a four year or forty year stint. Think about that two to three years out. Interesting. And that works with the assumption that people think that way. Uh, yes. And unfortunately, a lot of folks don't. I, I'm, I'm guilty. My ha- hands up. I am no kidding. I will say I was guilty of that. And I should should have listened to the advice and started building relationships. I went through a pretty cool, in my opinion, it was a pretty cool two and a half year journey. And, and something that I would really, really suggest to anybody out there to to make the benefits of things is the best way that I can say it. 
So for instance, if you're going to sit there and you're going to, uh, you know, get out there, have a plan, make sure you've got money set aside. You know, they, they harp on this in the, in the military all the time, living expenses, living expenses. You want to make sure that you've got everything you need squared away because when you're, when you're moving from the military, you're moving into the unknown. And there is a trend, there is a phase to be involved in when you're moving into the unknown. I'm going to pause you there for a second because there was a point I think it was worth mentioning as you were talking about you know, making the decision to leave and giving yourself 24 to 36 months. Mm-hmm. And, and folks, I'll just simply say networking in the civilian sector is the way you find work. And if you listen to Bryce, he's telling you it's the way you find it within the service and outside the service as well. And thus, to me, I'll just suggest the first time you start thinking about leaving the service is probably the time you need to start thinking about your networking and doing that kind of action for civilian life. Because even if you're not committed to leaving, it's the point where you can start doing the research right away to figure out how to approach this strange world. And everyone tells me it's a strange world by comparison to the military uh, that you face when you, when you leave uh, uh, service to the country. And, and Jeff, I'll tell you, there's about four different ways that people usually will Four different areas where I'd say people usually go looking for work in the, as they get out. So the first one is that, you know, you got the young person who gets out and they're going to go get their education. You know, they're going to go to college, use their GI bill, which is great. You know, that that's going to be your four, eight year person. Then there's guys like me who were, I got my, my undergrad while I was in and I finished my grad about a year after I got close to eight months after I got out, I had my MBA done. And what you do at that point is you, you find that you're going to maybe look for a job. Um, usually as a contractor, contracting work is something some folks do. And there's some great sites out there for contracting job. The other one is a lot of folks go to look at USA jobs, which is another, and I use that as a website. And, and I'll talk about that here in a few sh- short minutes about those types of things. If you're going to go that route, you know, I've seen folks who, okay, there's to- a fourth one that you, that you hadn't gotten to yet. You said there are four ways that they find work and you got through three of them. Yep. And I'm getting ready to give you the four. Okay. Just making sure. Well, actually let me rephrase. It's about five. I'm thinking now because school's one, but the, the, there's other two ones. They go into the private sector or you start your own business. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, I'll, let's unpack these. I think unpacking these is a good way to do that. Um, so if you're going to go to the private sector, as you said earlier, building relationships, you know, LinkedIn is going to be your friend. Facebook, Twitter, they're all going to be your friends. Instagram is going to be your friend. But here's the thing. If you're going to go to the private sector and you want to work, you may be disciplined and the mili- and the military may say, hey, I, I, you know, there's a lot of companies that want to hire military folks, but the problem is, is there's a disconnect. And when I say there's a disconnect, most military members don't realize you can't use military wording. You can't use acronyms. You can't use what you did in the military. You have to civilianize that. And that's where mentorship can come in to help. Uh, 
finding different companies. And there's lots of folks out there who want to see folks really, really take take the uh, initiative and put it in. So that those are some big things. You have to, if you want to go civilian sector um, or go into the private sector and you want to work, you really, really need to reinvent yourself and you need to present yourself as knowing what you want because you need to show that company why they should be willing to take the investment in you and make that investment in you. And I'll interrupt and say, you know, years ago, I interviewed a woman who left the service, uh, lieutenant, worked in the Middle East, uh, and um, came back. And she talked about how hard it was for her to adapt. Part of it was she was no BS, understandably, <laughs> understandably, given where she was stationed. You know, it's important. You can't fool around. And she gets to the private sector where, by comparison, people look lazy. And it was hard for her initially to communicate in ways that people would get her. And at the same time, once she got into roles, there she is, no BS, cracking the whip and not well responded to. So yeah. I'm just mentioning the, the, there is an adjustment that she'll experience when you leave. And that's actually a good point that you bring up. Uh, there was a... Uh retired four-star general, uh, Doc Fogelsong was his name. And he went down, and I actually looked at this. Um, he used to be on Armed Forces Network all the time, uh, talking about his uh, time in the jet as his commander of United States Air Forces in Europe. I saw this when I lived back in Egypt. Then I read a story. He went to uh, the University of Mississippi, and he tried to use his military, you know, that military mindset there. And it did not go over well. He was the president as a retired four-star president. I think it was the president of the University of Mississippi over in Oxford. And it just did not work well. So I, I can agree with you. There are stories out there of things. And, and, I, and I highlight that because I don't want to see, I don't, to me, it's not about rank. It's not about you know, it's about what you can bring to the team when you start looking at the private sector and it's about what you want to do. So I just, I really, I, again, it's not about rank. It's not about importance because when you leave the military, everybody is on the same playing field. When you go to a company, private sector, you know, the next one I'll talk about is USA jobs. So a lot of folks get out and they transition. They realize, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to go be a, I want to go be a civil servant. That's a great opportunity. There is a need for good civil servants. When you're going to go put your application in at USA Jobs, you want to make sure that you are looking for those things you're qualified for and grades and educational requirements. Something I will highlight within going into the civil into the civil uh, servant sector, the GS, as I call it, you have to, longer is better on your applications. So where the, the private sector wants quick, you know, highlight, flash, they want to make sure, you got to make sure obviously wording is different. But when you start putting things together, longer is better in USA jobs. Highlight what you did in your job. 
But here, here's one thing I'll tell you. And if you get picked up and referred and you go in for an, you know, they call you for an interview, the guys are going to ask you, why do you think I should hire you? Tell them why they, they should hire you. And I would even recommend if, if the boss asks you that question in the civil sector, tell them, make yourself stand out for why you believe you would be a good fit for the company or for an organization, whether it's in public or private sector service. Then we have the contractor duties. You've got a lot of contracts, you know, a lot of companies that are DOD contracts out a lot. And matter of fact, many branches of the serve of the U S government uh, contract out a lot. And, and I want to highlight civil service is not just for uh, department of defense. There are other department of energy, state department. There are government agencies across the executive branch department, Homeland security. All these other agencies are going to be hiring folks. So, know that you do have the ability to to make it you know to get hired but i i would uh say you know contracting when you're going to do contracting there's this great website called clearance jobs but i would also look at who who are the big the big guys who the big contract companies and some folks may not realize this boeing you know boeing go to lockheed martin Booz Allen Hamilton, and I'm just giving names that I'm aware of out there who I who have come across. There, uh, Zenitex. These are companies that are receiving, you know, that have current contracts with the government or always have things available. They're also corporations, so you may find that, you know, you find out that you want to get hired for a, a job on the uh, doing contractor work, but they may say, "Hey, man, we we like you for." Hey, we really like you for corporate. So they are private, a private business as much as they are a government contractor. So I just, I, I really want to highlight that is, you know, look at those sites, go out and look at those different companies. But when you're going to interview, you're going to have, you make sure you have background on the company. I remember I was at a job fair 2016. I'm passing my application around and I had one of the uh, the guys, I think it was Lockheed Martin. He looked at me, he's like, what's this do? This doesn't do anything for me. You need to show what you want to do. Don't give me a generalized functional resume. Give me something that shows what's going to make you capable of the team. And that was some great advice. Really, really great top level advice. But there are a lot of great companies out there that will hire veterans because veterans also bring something that generally it's very easy. They have security clearance. That's why that's one of the benefits you gain from being, you know, from being a retired military member. It's very easy for a for a company as a contractor to hire you to be a, to come in and do contracting work because you've got that clearance already. So just, some of those things to, to know, but the, the big thing is, you know, those are the ways you're going to look at it. And if you decide you want to go into private business, I, I would tell anybody, look at the VA, make sure, you know, the VA has some great programs, especially for those who are medically retiring. And that's a, a very completely big or different other process. It's actually a process I went through, but 
when I was medically retiring, it was, I, I found that the VA had a lot of great things and they have a, a program called vocational rehab. Now this is, I want to highlight, this is only for those who are being medically retired from the military. So this doesn't apply to everybody, but if you find out that you've got a medical condition that is going to require you to retire from the military. And, and I want to highlight that medical retirement could be for anybody with a service connected injury, disability, or something that happened while they're in that the DOD realizes they, you know, they're, they're no longer, you know, they want to serve, but the DOD says, Hey, we really can't have you serving. And basically vocational rehab allowed me to complete my master's degree. So it helped pay for my master's degree. So you may have some programs out there. And I think they also under vocational rehab also have something to help new business owners, but there are state-based organizations, depending on the state you're in, states have their own department of VAs and there are small business administration, so many different entities that can help folks get, get there, but also mentorship, but I'll I'll come to that in one second. How did you find your position? Uh, it was a journey. It was so the way I can start out to where I'm at today and what I'm happy with, I'm, I'm happy with what I do today. Um, but I was retiring out of the state of Alabama and I did not find, uh, I couldn't find a job down here. Um, you know, made some mistakes in interviews. I went in kind of cocky, acted like I, I thought I was ready and I knew what I was talking to. And eventually I had to take a job out in Hawaii. So I went out to Hawaii for about seven months. Poor baby, went to Hawaii. Oh. I know, and I worked at in, Indian Indo-Pacific Command uh, doing knowledge management. Well, after a little while of doing that, I realized knowledge management and IT weren't my thing. And, and IT is one of those that requires a, a unique personality. It's just not, wasn't, really wasn't, wasn't my, yeah, wasn't my bailiwick. And, and I decided at that point to eventually come back to Alabama and I was working temp job for Alpha Insurance doing some data entry. So I, I was, you know, and I, and I love that matter of fact. And then I got hired for a job as a contractor. So that first one was contract. Then I started doing contract again, great company. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to give plugs to products or any of that stuff, but a great company named by, uh, by the name of Primcore. Hired me. Spell it. P-R-I-M-C-O-R-P. Thank you. They are a great um, retire retiree comp, um, retiree uh, owned company. Um, the two great folks who run it, uh, Pierre Redmond and Michelle Smith, outstanding, great folks. Take care of their folks. Um, they're but they were a small subcontract. So what you'll have is the big companies like Booz Allen might get a contract. But then they'll sub out to other companies. So Primcore was who I worked for. And I worked, went out and started working at Maxwell Air Force Base. Great place. Um, and I was doing, uh, getting Air Force foreign area officers ready for, to head out for six months. So I did that for about 20 months, I think. And really just wanted, wanted to do something different. 
at that point. I found my, my niche of that international affairs realm. And that's where I found myself today, where I, where I pretty much teach for a living. Gotcha. When you left, tell us about two or three of the mistakes or misconceptions you had uh, when you were leaving the service about what it was going to be like to transition. I thought that I was going to walk out and automatically walk in the next day. I was, I was very, I'll say this, I was very obtuse. And I was very cocky. I was, hey, I'm going to be the the next guy. You know, I'm going to go find this. Everybody, you know, everybody's going to be barking at my door wanting to hire the military member. You know, no. How'd you get that idea, by the way? Is it drilled think, into your head in the service? I think sometimes it is drilled into your head in the service. You think, oh, everybody wants to hire military. You, you always hear that companies are looking to hire veterans and you know, all these opportunities for veterans and stuff. And, and there are a lot of companies out there that want to hire veterans. What it comes down to is they're only going to do it if they find you to be marketable. They, yeah, and, and that's not meant to knock. Most companies will jump at the bit to hire a veteran. I that That's my belief. They will. Because they know with the veteran, I can get I can get uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, they're going to be hardworking. They're going to be dedicated. They're going to go in, always do what they need to do. You know, there are things in a skill set that we bring with us, but there's also the other things that companies sometimes have to look at. If you're coming, retiring after 20 years, so you signed up at 18 and you're hiring somebody who's 38 or 39 years old, that's a new person you have to teach. So you have to think about those things. So there's, there's trade-offs from it. You know, if I, if I got a four-year vet who, you know, four or six-year vet who has an associate's degree is working on college, they're in their mid-20s coming out, I could probably get more out of that person than I can out of a 38-year vet. You know, you're going to have some, you know, and a lot of it is personality-driven. It is about finding, most folks are going to say, am I going to have somebody who's open-minded? Am I going to have somebody who is going to be able to tell me, you know, who is going to be, you know, will they be open-minded? Will they be able to go with change? And then how, how will they respond? That's the other thing. If, you know, are, are they going to be able to respond to taking insight from a boss when they maybe have at one point been the, the commander, you know, or overseen two or 300 troops. So those are, those are things that I think are concerning. Uh, so that was probably my biggest mistake is that I walked in, walked out the door thinking I was going to get hired. You know, one thing, there's a woman I interviewed yesterday. Uh, her show is going to be on in a couple of weeks. And she did a book for older professionals that I think has a major point that's um, that relates to those of you who are leaving the service. And older professionals kind of get stuck in their ways. They think they know because they've done it for the longest time. You know, back in the Stone Ages when I started and they pontificate and, you know, they bask in their own magnificence. Sound familiar, guys? Sound familiar, women? Well, you know, her thing is firms don't care 
exclusively about what you've done. They want to know that what you can do is going to be relevant to them. And thus, it's important to connect the dots between your past, your future, and what you can deliver for an organization. And not just simply walk in, arms folded in front of your chest, ready to tell all the great old stories about what you did wherever you were stationed. And um, without that, you're not really making the connection between what you can do and what they need. That's so important when organizations hire. Is that part of what you learned along the way? Yes, very much so. It's, and, and I will tell you, you will discover in your job hunt what organizations are looking for, bodies to just fill seats. And that's something else. You'll, you, there are organizations that will hire up veterans in a heartbeat because they just need a body to fill a seat. And maybe that is something that, somebody who's transitioning needs to do until they can find what they're looking to do, which, which again is fine. You know, sometimes you just need something that's going to help pay the bills. Take the check guys, take the check ladies, you know, get out there, cash the checks. Yeah. And, and that is perfectly okay. The other thing is, is I used to beat myself up. Now I'll consider this a mistake. If a, if a job did not, fall in line, I felt like, oh man, I was the one who made the mistake. That That is something you cannot do in this. When you are negative and you are beating yourself, companies, bosses are going to are gonna know that. They're going to see it. You know, if you walk in thinking you got a job. So I remember I walked in thinking, oh, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get this job. After a 30-minute interview, I walked out the door deflated. I thought I walked in cocky. They could tell I was cocky and that I was arrogant. And, and it was, I walked out, man, I really messed that one up. And I'll tell you the truth. I'm kind of glad that that didn't work out because it helped. It humbled me. Humility is, will be your greatest thing, but you cannot beat yourself up with this. You have to realize that finding a job sometimes is a journey. Finding where you're at is a journey in life. And sometimes it takes the thing. One thing I will highlight, find a mentor. There is a great organization. Now, this is some inside ball that I'm going to give every listener that's going to help you, I promise. And I hope I hope they experience a surge in phone calls from veterans who are getting ready to get out of the military after I mention this, but it's American Corporate Partners, ACP. ACP is an organization that will about a year, you want to do this about a year, I would even go 18, 24 months out even, reach out to them, say, hey, I know I'm going to be retiring from the service. I need somebody from the civilian sector to mentor me. Tell you what. That was by far the greatest decision I made. I, I just was searching on the web because I had this brain in my head. I think it was December of uh, 2016. And I think it was just, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. December of 2015. I had to think about it because I retired August of 2016. And I, I found American Corporate Partners, called them up, said what I was looking for. They lined me up with a mentor from John Deere. One of the greatest people in my life who helped me out. But what they do is they link you up with mentors from Fortune 500 companies. There's a 
one lady I worked with, I told her about ACP. She had a mentor from Disney, a buddy of mine who uses ACP. He has a mentor from uh, who's working for ADT now. So they will link you up with, and this is not fly by night. This is people from no kidding, real fortune 500 companies in the public sector. And these guys will help you with they will help you with um, with resume writing. They will help you with building uh, things to do. And they're going to spend the time with you. And these are people who want to be doing this. I assume they, they'll help with networking as well. Because they yes. have civilian networks that they've already established for themselves that they're willing to share. Yes. And a lot of that when you start getting into the mentor-mentee relationship with American corporate partners, that has to come. They will do that, but a lot of that is going to come from that, from you having to, as an individual, the mentee, you have to put trust in. You have to take this serious because they're taking it serious. So that that is something that I really, really want to stomp on hard is when, when you go into an organization like ACP and that mentor-mentee relationship, take that serious. Take the time with their civilian networks serious because those guys are going, the, the folks they're going to refer you to are going to help you. And they're also going to give you the tips on how to help you build your network as well, too, and where to be looking at. Excellent. You know, we're starting to come up on the end of time with one another today. What haven't we covered yet that we really should? Um, the big thing is I would tell people to keep up the fight. Um just keep working hard on things. Do not ever give up in this fight. You know, finding a job is, it, if you walk out of the interview and it, it hasn't f- fully worked to the best, don't beat yourself up. Really, really take advantage of what you, you know, take advantage of what you have to offer. And a lot of it really comes back to finding ways to reward it. It, uh, that is really the biggest thing. There are great sites out there that I will highlight. And one last thing I want to highlight, you got these folks, um, you know, for folks who want to do a job build, you know, or they want to go and be an entrepreneur and do their, and find a way to, to do things. I would tell them to Jeff, to check out those things that you're offering. And I would tell folks to check out your, uh, your products on, on interviewing techniques. But one other individual who I would highlight is uh, Patrick Bet David. He runs a channel on YouTube called Valuetainment, which is geared strictly towards entrepreneurs. And he talks about things, why entrepreneurs succeed, fail. And he is a former army guy. Excellent. Yeah, he, he, he is the only guy, you know, if you're going to be going into business, there's a lot of guys out there, but I would really... Highlight again, Jeff, I would highlight these guys. Come check you out. Look at to you for your great advice. Um, take advantage of a lot of the services you offer because I know you you've got the know-how to get these guys prepped. But I would all that that's the only other one. But other than that, that is really everything that I can share at the basic level. Thank you. How can people find out more about you, your work, connect with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? LinkedIn. I, I um, you can go to uh, Bryce B R Y C E England 
E-N-G-L-I-N. Um, and you should see me out there on LinkedIn. Now, there's more than one of you on LinkedIn, or at least more than one with that name. Uh, other than my saying he's the good looking one. Uh, uh, probably the T in the middle initial, Bryce T. England. Gotcha. Bryce, thank you. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, I've got a lot that's in the show notes that will help you. Go there, take a look at some of the things I highlight. I know it can help you with your search. But I want you to do one thing for me. And that is, put in your phone, thebiggamehunter.us, Jeff Alpin my name. And when you need help, when you need advice, when you have a question, come over to the website, go exploring in the blog, contact me for coaching or because you have a question, I'd love to help you. In the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day and most importantly, be great! Today's show is brought to you by AppJobs. AppJobs is a site that has freelance work, but it's not the typical web design, uh, web creation type of work or digital work. It's things like doing delivery, teaching, being a handy person, driving, cleaning, you know, blue collar kind of work that I know some of you do. Again, I'm going to have a link in the show notes to appjobs.com, and I hope you find it helpful. And now, let's get going.